Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I am Ted Odorico, and normally joining right beside me is uh, none other than the Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, but she was off this week as she was competing in last weekend's uh, Senior uh, Women's LPGA Championship, and we're going to hear about how she did next week when she comes back on the show. So it's just me this week, uh, sort of holding down the fort, as you will, uh, but I'm very excited to, uh, to do that, and I've got a great special guest uh, joining me here in just a moment, and I'll uh, introduce you uh, to him uh, in just a second. But uh, just a reminder, every uh, Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, you can find me and Cindy here normally uh, on the network here on the Women of Golf Show, so we're glad that for those of you that are able to join us live. And then on Thursday evenings, you can join me on the same network for Golf Talk Live every Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central or 7 to 9 Eastern, uh, where I host that program. So make sure you check that um, as well. Um, all right, my special guest this morning, I'm excited. He's uh, mid-travel, so uh, we'll uh, see if we can uh, hopefully avoid him getting in any sort of an accident when we talk to him on the phone. But um, uh, my special guest is Ben Harpering. He's the uh, Epson Tour Communications Specialist and uh, focusing on mainly photography and social media and a variety of other uh, functions there at the tour. Uh, received his bachelor's degree from Indiana University in business with a focus in marketing. Uh, he's also worked in professional women's golf since 2017 as a photographer, writer, and general content producer. Uh, he also worked at uh, womensgolf.com uh, since the same time and also as a freelancer as well. Uh, he has a vast body of work, which included covering over 60 events, uh, two of which were Solheim Cups, uh, one international crown in South Korea, and, of course, six major championships. We're going to talk about that and more and about his job at uh, the Epson Tour. So please welcome my very special guest this morning, Ben Harbring. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Doing well, Ted. How are you? Thanks for that great introduction. Well, not <laughs> always happy to do that. So you're, as I was mentioning, you're, you're mid-travel. So where, where are you heading now? I know you've told me, but just for the audience's sake. I'm heading to Battle Creek, Michigan for the uh, Firekeepers Casino Resort uh, Championship, the Epson Tour event. Very good. So the ladies, I know they've been off for, uh, what, two weeks now, right? So this, they had a bit of a break, and now this, they're going to be the first event back uh, up in Michigan, right? That is correct. We had, uh, it is more or less the exact middle point of the season, and uh, 
we had our last reshuffle at the last event in Albany. So this is two weeks off and uh, ready for the second half of the season. I'm sure that the uh, the girls are excited to get back out there and, and uh, compete. Uh, it's always nice to get a bit of a break, especially if you've got a few events strung uh, in a row, but uh, you also get to a point where uh, I think you want to get back out there and compete again. So I'm sure they're excited to, to get up there as well. So then I, what I wanted to do is we're going to obviously talk about your, your job uh, with the Epson Tour and, and some of the other things that you've done in the past. Um, but I wanted to sort of start off. I like to do this, especially for somebody that's never been on the show before um, and obviously that's involved in the golf business. Um, before we get into how you got into the golf business, um, when uh, your earliest sort of recollection, do you recall when you were sort of first introduced to the game? The game of golf in general? Yes. Um, I think I was seven or eight years old. Um, I went to, at that, similar to the first T program, but in my city it was called Hook a Kid on Golf. And uh, I always played basketball and baseball, and they continue to be my two, like, leading sports. But there was one summer, I think my parents, I don't know if I showed interest or if they just, like, hey, there's a one-week program, go check it out. So I went, um, they gave, I think as a part of the the week, you paid a, a fee and you got some clubs, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and then we played a, a City Park 3 course in my hometown, and uh, – I really, I just enjoy competing in general, but that was um, my first personal memory of golf. Now, did you, like so many, did you, uh, as you mentioned, you, you enjoy obviously sports in general. Um, did you kind of get bitten by the bug a little bit though? Did you, did you enjoy the experience? And um, <laughs> if so, did it sort of lead you to where you are now? So, yes. But there was about an eight-year gap from that first time that I played and when the bug hit me. So <laughs> I, I basically didn't touch a golf club after that, more or less. Like maybe mini right. golf, putt, putt, um, maybe a, a couple of rounds. But I was really focused on basketball and baseball. And I played travel baseball. So in Indiana, being in the Midwest, you know, the baseball season and golf season is essentially the same. So right. not not that I didn't want to play. It just wasn't on my mind. Um, right. And then I would say around middle school, I, I started to see, you know, Tiger, the moment that stands out to me is 2008, the 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, mm-hmm. when he won, like, basically on one leg. And that, as a right. fan of sports, as a fan of sports, that like I was totally locked into that. So I I know I started to get more engaged, like watching golf. Um, and then a couple years later, um, I uh, one of my good friends, he uh, he moved from Chicago down to my hometown in Columbus, Indiana, and he was golf obsessed. And I he right. started to you know as a as a friend. And a new city is looking for someone to play golf with. And he was like, hey, do you want to go? So I started to go occasionally. And then I was around age 16, 15, 16. And then I did, like the bug full on hit. So much so <laughs> that my my aspirations of playing college baseball essentially uh, evaporated. 
you know, like I had, I had the ability. I'm not saying I was, you know, an all-state player or anything, but I was. Uh, I could have played at some sort of level of college baseball. I could have played at the next level, but the golf bug took over, and uh, <laughs> essentially that's <laughs> like it really took over. I was playing probably there was weeks I played every single day, and thinking about that now is pretty absurd, um, especially because I was a high school kid with essentially no money. So. How right. I made that work, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but it fully hit around age 16, and then um, everything. So I started to watch golf. Like, it all took over. Well, let me just say that the, the golf bug is a beast, Ben. Um, it, it knows the. <laughs> it, it'll search you down. Um, there's no getting away from it. Once you've had a taste of that, you know, I have I've shared a number of times on the show my sister uh, unfortunately, who's no longer with us, but, uh, you know, never had a, a desire for the game, didn't understand it, didn't like it, you know, that sort of thing. And one day it just happened and, um, you know, she got bitten by the bug and, uh, you know, played, uh, for quite a few years, obviously not competitively, but she enjoyed it and went out and bought her own clubs, did, you know, the whole nine yards. And it just, it, it hunted her down and she used to, you know, used to make fun of me when I would watch the Masters and say, I, you know, I don't get it. I don't understand why you want to watch that. It's just a dumb game and this, you know, so on and so forth. And I <laughs> used to get I used to get frustrated with her and I'd say, Nancy, go out and, you know, at least try it. Like, you know, quit going on about it. Just get out and try it and, you know, see what it's like first before you criticize it. She did. And sure enough, uh, I made a believer out of her. So, um, but, you know, the reason why I do that is because it's always interesting. You know, I, I'm uh, a golf professional, a golf teacher, and, you know, I have a similar story in the sense that I didn't play collegiate or anything, but, um, you know, I, my father introduced me at a very early age, and I just loved the game, but there was periods where I didn't play for a little while, um, and, but I just knew, you know, I was never going to compete with the Nicholas or the Palmers or, or anybody. Obviously, I'm older than you are, so that's why I can say that. But, um, but you know, I knew I was not going to have my game was not going to be that level, but I, I wanted to be around it, so I decided to go the teaching route. But um, So it's really interesting, you know, when you look at how people sort of get their start in this industry, because sometimes it's, you know, they've played uh, at a very young age, they've played collegiately, maybe went on to be professional and then decided to, you know, tackle another aspect. And then there's folks like you who really didn't necessarily gravitate to it early on, but then something drew them in later. And in your case, it was a friend who you know, sort of egged you on, said, hey, come on out and let's do that. And then, as you mentioned, Tiger. And I remember that event, the 2008 uh, uh, Open, because that's when he went against uh, uh, Rocco Mediate and uh, they battled back yes. and forth for a while. And, yeah, he was hobbling around on that uh, bum leg for uh, for uh, most of the event. So, yeah, it just blows you away. But so, so at some point, as you went through, you know, uh, college and, and got your degree and that, a decision had to come. What was the deciding factor? Was it just a, an opportunity presented itself, or did you have an interest or desire to say, hey, you know, I, I want to maybe not necessarily pursue golf in a physical sense, but there may be some business opportunities here. What was your first recollection there on how you got involved in uh, golf, and particularly women's golf? Yeah, so I think a, a bit of a, a tiny backstory to, to preclude the, the story is that to me, my entire life, and I can't tell you any reason why, other than I just love sports. And it didn't matter if it was men or women playing. And I know that it, 
especially when I was a kid, and there's still today, as we know, there's a fight to get women's sports, women athletes, more coverage and attention. They deserve it. And, right. Um, but I specifically, my dad was a photographer at, a, at our local newspaper, and I, got, I would spend a lot of time with him at the newspaper. And I remember hanging out in the newsroom, and there's TV, and they, you know, let me for whatever, whether I was allowed to or not, I did. I watched TV. I remember watching a WNBA basketball game. I was probably like six or seven. And one of the reporters there came up to me and was like, why are you watching this? Like, kind of in a slightly negative tone. And I was like, I had right. no idea what he meant. I was like, I'm watching basketball. I love the game of basketball, mm-hmm. and this is the basketball right. that's on TV. I want to watch it. So to kind of fast forward, that kind of hit me. Um, I started watching golf. Um, I think my first memory, like, I'm a little too young. I missed the, the Annika era. Um, right. And, and Lorena retired right at the I mean, she was dominant until the end, but I really missed her era as well. My first memory was uh, of Yanni, Yanni Sin, mm-hmm. when she went on that unbelievable run of, mate, of like, literally unbeatable, it felt like. She won, I want to say it was, like, five majors, but a, a lot of uh, – she was unbeatable there for, uh, like, three years. And then I tried to transition to Indy Park, and then right. uh, this – this amateur teenager, Lydia Ko, winning professional, an LPGA event as an amateur. And I, I remember those moments specifically. And that's like, this is awesome. And I started to really follow the LPGA and women's golf in general. And that's where it led to, and I'm sorry for this long, <laughs> a little bit of a long story no. to where I got to uh, working. But um, uh, basically, I was still in college. I think it was 2017, so I graduated in the winter of 2017. Um, so at the beginning of 2017, womensgolf.com, which I had been following them for a while, they're, they're a great website to, to get instructions. And um, it's a great at this point, it's a great community for especially women. They can kind of connect and uh, like, hey, I'm going to be visiting this part of the, the country, this part of the world. Are there any other members on womensgolf.com that are here? We can play together. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, it, it's a really cool resource. Um, at that time, they were doing a little bit more work in the professional realm, and they put a tweet out. <laughs> they were like, Is anyone, would you be interested in writing for womensgolf.com? Send us an email. And I saw that tweet, and I was like, you know what? I know the game. Why not? Like, I can't. Like, the worst they can say is no. And I was still at that right. age where I'm – learning that like there's no nothing's gonna hurt by asking like or giving a a chance so i reached out and uh jane she runs the website with her uh her partner um and she was like well do you have some examples of your work and i really had no work so i put together a little something and she's like (laughs) oh okay well here's here's something we we could do and at that time there was three very young players, they're still young, technically, but they were very young at the time, um, Lydia Ko, Aria Jutanagarn, and Brooke Henderson. And they were all kind of taking turns. I think they'd all entered the top 10, which is pretty wild considering they were all under the age, under the age of 20, um, or 20, under the age of 21. So I did um, blog updates on those three players 
about every couple of weeks I'd update each player, like how they did in past events, if they're going through a swing change or they changed coaches or just general little updates like that. And then by working with them, I was able to start um, attending some golf tournaments. And living in Indiana, there was a few in the Midwest, including in Michigan, so I could drive to them. And uh, the first tournament I went to was the Volvic Championship, which is no longer uh, in existence, but in Ann Arbor, right. Michigan. And I went there, and of course, like, with the blog updates, when I'm on site, there's not a lot I can do to necessarily add to that. Um, I can gather some information and things like that, but throughout the day, what do I do? Uh, I had a little background in photography thanks to my dad, and um, womensgolf.com also, like, well, yeah, we could use the photos. It would be a lot more helpful to us to not go through, uh, you know, Getty Images or something else that costs quite a bit of money. So I started to take photos um, to more or less pass the time at first. But then I really started to get into that. Um, I really enjoyed it. And uh, because the women's game does not have that coverage that they – and even to this day, you'll see, you know, outside the top ten players on the leaderboard, it it can be tough for players to find photos of themselves, which I think is too bad. Um, But, yeah, that's, I I guess, more or less what led me to – this point i started to get better and better started to work more um work did some freelance work with the pga of america did some freelance work for the lpga and uh they're like and then that led to this year where they expanded the epson tour which was the symmetra tour epson is a new sponsor there's a little more money um and they're wanting to bolster the coverage of the epson tour so they expanded the team and i got the role as like Focusing on photography. So that's kind of the story of where I got today. Well, and, and you're exactly right. And just on a quick note, on a side note, uh, of course, Brooke Henderson just won the uh, women's major this past weekend as well. So uh, obviously, congratulations to her. And, um, you know, you're yes. exactly right. And this is one of the reasons, you know, as I mentioned uh, earlier on, um, you know, I also host a, a show uh, called Golf Talk Live on Thursday evenings. Um, and I started that show actually a year before this one. And one of the reasons I did this and, and wanted to do a separate show dedicated specifically for women's golf, and this is now our ninth season. We're going to be hitting uh, season 10 next year, uh, Sydney and I. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was for the very same reasons that you talked about is the lack of coverage. I'm like you. I mean, I love – obviously, golf is my – you know, I mean, I love a lot of sports. I've played baseball, you know, football and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but golf was always my, my number one love. And, you know, I always wanted to do something, um, you know, sort of my part to, you know, for lack of better words, to help sort of grow the game. And I really saw a, a, a void, if you will, in, in a lot of the women's golf coverage. So when I started this show nine years ago, um, what's really kind of a fin- funny story, and I, I, I'll promise I'll stop talking about myself in a minute. But, um, <laughs> no, no, it's all good. We, we, um, what was really kind of interesting about it is I had done, as I said, Golf Talk Live a year before, so that's season 10 now. And I said, you know what, I want to do something specifically for women's golf. And I actually, it was kind of an interesting story. I reached out to Cindy 
purely as a guest because I followed her and, and knew who she was and, and uh, you know, we're connected on a variety of different social media and that. And uh, I thought she'd make an interesting story because Cindy was on uh, one of the original big breaks on the Golf Channel um, several years ah. back. And, yeah, so that's really where I got to meet her, and, and she's a real, you know, spitfire and, and just uh, tell, tells it like it is. And I thought, you know, that'd be really make for a great guest. And so the interesting part was when I got to talk to her on the phone, uh, and I asked her, and I thought, well, you know, she's either going to, like you said, either yes or, or no. Um, there was kind of a pause, so I thought, okay, well, here comes the no. And she said, well, if this wouldn't be too forward, she said, I would really love to co-host with you. So I thought, hmm, okay, that would make make interesting uh, perspective. And uh, never really even thought of it. I just thought, you know, I'll start it, and who knows where it leads. And uh, we had done uh, done just that right from the get-go. We've we've been co-hosting together, and she's been with me ever since. And what's really kind of uh, to add a little bit of humor to it is up until uh, 2019, uh, which which is just a you know a couple of years ago, two three years ago, um, we had never met. So we had done all of those years for the most part about six years of the show and had never met, and we met for the first time in 2019 at the PGA Merchandising Show uh, in uh, Orlando. And it was really at the behest of a guest that we had late December uh, as we were wrapping up the season. We had uh, one of the producers from the Golf Channel was on as our guest, and we started talking, and Cindy let it you know, blurt out, said, hey, by the way, you know, Ted and I have never met. And the woman was shocked, and she says, well, you guys got to go to the PGA show together and meet there, and that's where we did. So we met for the first time uh, there, and, of course, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. But So, you know, it, it's amazing who you meet, and, you know, you've had the, the chance to obviously meet a lot of people, and as you said, you've done a lot of events. Um, you also did, uh, as it mentioned, a couple of Solheim Cups, uh, obviously an event in yeah. South Korea. And also six majors. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, as you started to build some traction with what you do, um, you got to, to get to bigger and bigger events. So tell us maybe some of the majors that you attended. Um, maybe give a couple of those examples and uh, and what your experience was there. Yeah. So I, I remember the very first major I attended was the 2017 KPMG Women uh, Women's PGA Championship. And at Olympia, Chicago, and of course, like I knew Olympia Fields not from actually watching the men's U.S. Open when they were there, but I watched so many highlights of Tiger in that golf bug era that I had, which it's still there. But like when I really hit, I was just watching those videos every day, and I remember um, seeing Olympia Fields, and that's also simultaneously I'm I was thinking, this is so awesome that the, the women because for so many years as you know you've been around the game for a long time the women right the majors were not getting at these like they're playing great golf courses but not the premier golf courses there was right and that one really stood out to me it was like this is um and also a, a fairly recent one at that like i it was still i guess at this point almost 20 years ago it was at olympia fields but some of the golf courses they played, they hosted like men's majors, but back in like the fifties or something. So, um, Olympia fields. And at that point I really didn't know. I still didn't know too many people. I knew some people in the media. I knew a handful of caddies, like a player or two. Um, but naturally I'm pretty introverted person. So I was not 
I would say, like, putting myself out there a lot. So it was mm-hmm. still – and then I'm at this major venue. And you can tell it's a major. You see all the grandstands. You see the ropes, the security. Like, your security's tighter, and then, like, everything is just elevated. Um, so there's really some nerves there, uh, just even being on site. And then um, that was – it was such a fun, it was a hot week. I do remember that. Very hot. Um, but it was, it was awesome because uh, Danielle Kang ended up winning. And that was her first win as a professional. And it was a major. So right. it, it was a very emotional win. And getting to witness all of that firsthand was just, I think, and that kind of, in a lot of ways, solidified to me that this is where I want to be. There are absolutely incredible stories out here with the women that just, they don't get, to, like, her story, and, you know, Danielle was already, like, a two-time, I believe, two-time U.S. amateur champion. Uh, she she had some prestige and in, in, in fame already, but that week right. I got to learn more about Chella Choi, who had been at the top or leading uh, for most, uh, a lot of that week. And I did not know much about Chella at the, at the time, other than like the orange uh, Volvic golf ball that she plays. But uh, I got to hear her like in post round press conferences and like, she is so funny. And it really <laughs> kind of showed me that, <laughs> yeah, if there's something like, I wish we got, and that's like, that's what solidified to me that, this is where I need to be. I want to help elevate and tell these stories, share these stories of not just, <clears throat> excuse me, not just the Danielle Kangs or Brooke Henderson, I believe, finished runner-up that week. She had uh, an eagle putt potentially to tie in the last hole. It was, it was such a fun finish. I do remember that. Um, but there's so many players out there and, and women that just don't get their story told, but they're awesome. So I wanted to be able to do that. Um, but the major itself was just so much fun. And I, I, well, I would and say I, that was like the – yeah, go ahead. What I was just going to say, jump in real quick, and I was going to say is and, – and you've obviously, I can tell, you know, by what you're saying that you obviously appreciate this. But for the average, uh, you know, viewer, if you will, out there, they don't really appreciate – the event, watching it on TV. I mean, it's exciting to watch and you see it, but you know everything's a cut and paste. You know, they're cutting back and forth, the player to player. Um, would you not agree that it's a whole different experience going to the event live? Oh, I 100% agree. That's uh, actually funny. My friend gives me a hard time for saying 100% too much. I probably said too much, but it was. I definitely <laughs> agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. You cannot truly appreciate. And a lot of professional sports are that way, but yes, like I remember going to an NFL football game and I got to go like on the field and I was like, oh my goodness, these are we're like we're all humans, but like you're it's so different. So golf though, uh, and on the women's side, that's what I know the best. It is totally different. You get to see truly like the shot making because everything yes. on TV you don't get to see how thick that grass, how thick that rough really is or how steep that slope really is or how much uh, break is in that putt and how much goes into the, the thought process of every single shot. It, um, there's, and especially when you go to the majors, there's 
the venues that they're the golf courses now especially, you cannot just it, it's not a chip and putt. It's not a you know put it on the green and and have a straightforward putt. There's so many variables that you have to think about, and I don't mm-hmm. think that that especially when they're cutting back and forth on TV. Uh, a lot of and especially right now in the women's game, there's not as many cameras, so there is a lot of like. The cut, cutting back and forth, it does show, it ends up showing a lot of putts. You don't get to see as many of the uh, shots from the fairway in the rough or from the trees, and they like, how did you hit that shot? That is one thing right. I think definitely you, you can't recognize is the recovery shots. You can't really tell how great they are on TV as much as you do in person, because in person you can see you even think, oh, there's no way they can get over that tree. Or there's no way they can, they can thread the needle of those two trees and, right. and get over that, get over the water. And then they hit it to 15 feet, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. There is it, no it's, way. It's truly, yeah, it's truly amazing, and you're exactly right. I'll, get, I'll give you a quick example. This past uh, winter, um, I'm obviously in the south, and – uh, they had the final week of um, the LPJ's Q series uh, down in the area where I am uh, right now, and I went to watch for the week. Um, every day I went a little bit uh, each day just to, to watch these young ladies as they you know, prepare to earn their cards. And I made a point of going to the range uh, in the, early in the morning and watching them warm up. And it's, it's truly amazing because... You know, from the putting surface to the actual uh, driving range, you know, you see uh, a number of things. I'll give you an example. On the putting green, uh, and I don't care how good of a player they were, uh, out come the training aids, out come the, you know, the putting aligner, you know, all, everything comes out. I mean, all, all systems, you know, sort of co- converge together. They're doing everything. You don't see any of that, uh, obviously, yet, unless you go to an event, um, maybe, but... Um, they're out there practicing. They want to make sure. Same thing on the driving range. You see these girls going up there, and it's like throwing darts. I mean, you know, they're hitting shot after <laughs> shot. Um, and, I mean, there was this one young lady, and I don't recall her name. Uh, she must have been about four feet tall. And, I mean, she she was hitting, uh, and I'm, I've been up to that range many times. In fact, I was just there the other day. And, I mean, it was literally like she had a circle around that flag on that practice green. <laughs> and what was interesting about it, Ben, was that she really barely swung the club. I think if I was to hazard a guess, it was probably either a 9-iron, maybe an 8-iron at best. It was <clears throat> quite a ways out there from where they were hitting. Uh, right. But, I mean, it was just she just circled the flag. And it was hardly any effort, which makes me laugh because when you see, you know, the average Joe out there at the driving range, I mean, they're literally <laughs> ripping, ripping it, and they can't go half the distance. So, um, you're exactly right. It, it's, we don't get to fully appreciate um, what these young ladies are capable of doing unless you go to an event because the TV does, doesn't do it justice. It's great to see them, and if, if that's you know, um, you know, all you can do at the moment, uh, that's great. But I highly recommend, if you have an opportunity, really to see any professional golf event because, again, it's different, but particularly the women. And I enjoy watching their uh, even when it's on TV, I enjoy watching them better uh, than I do the guys. Um, I just I think they're uh, a better rounded, uh, well-rounded players. I just think they're they're more interesting to watch. 
the guys have gotten to you know bombing it a lot, which is fine. I mean, that's the power game of today, I guess. But it's just not as enjoyable. Tiger, I'm like you. I lo- I loved watching Tiger because even though he could hit it a mile, he would come up with some incredible shots. So I want to ask you, while we're talking about um, the women, actually, what I want to do real quick, if we can, Ben is uh, just take a, a very, very short break uh, to hear a quick message from Golf yeah. Books Magazine. Then we're going to come back on the other side, and I'm going to talk to you about what you're doing now on the Epson Tour and some of the things that you're taking away from that experience. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, I'm with my very special guest, uh, Epson Tours communications specialist, Ben Harpering, and we're talking about women's golf, of course. What else would we be talking about on the women of golf? Um, so, Ben, just before we took a, a very quick break, I was going to begin to ask you a little bit more about your Epson Tour uh, position and, and some of the things you're doing. Obviously, you're doing uh, a lot of similar things that you've done previously, uh, including photography and, and uh, obviously doing uh, uh, a lot of interacting with the players, getting them uh, uh, more exposure and things like that. Um, one of the things I want to ask you, though, is before we get into some of the specifics, is what do you think you've learned about your own game from watching the professionals? Obviously, you know we're at a different level than they are, um, but what do you take away? When you watch them, obviously you've had plenty of opportunities to watch them not only play, but warm up as I did, uh, I mentioned a few moments ago. What do you take away? What, what little nuggets have you learned, I guess is a better way to put it, from watching these players that might help you with your own game? Well, I think one of the biggest ones for me, um, I, I came coming from the baseball background, and that swing is still, as you're a teacher, you'd probably be like, yeah, you played baseball. But the, mm-hmm. the big one for me is probably tempo is the tempo of the swing with the women, with the exception of the case, like, I think of Charlie Hole right now. She just, she, right. she is very aggressive with her swing um, and creates a lot of club head speed. But um, tempo is the one that stands out to me because I know I personally can get very quick and uh, the transition is not as smooth. And when I watch uh, the women play, it's like, you know, someone I've got to know very well is Amy Yang. And mm-hmm. if you watched her swing, it, it just so envious of it. Like, I don't even – it's so smooth and it looks slow. But she still generates – and is so consistent. And, you know, that's why she's a multiple-time LPGA Tour winner. But um, – and, and then the other part, I think, is – is the management because that's something that you don't get to see either on the TV necessarily because usually they're showing the best shots. So whenever I am watching the women in person, I see, and and I've even had conversations as well 
which is very helpful, insightful. But you see the course management going on. It's like, you know what? I might hit this one in the rough, but I have to miss this on the left side. If I miss it in the rough on the left side, it's fine. If I go right, it's automatically a bogey. It's it's thinking thinking through things like that. Um, and then the other things I do take away is for sure is that, like, <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> right. No matter how good or how great a day I have personally when I go play golf, I realize that it's so far removed from even, like, a, a C day for the majority of these pros is just, and I, I'm a single-digit handicap, so, but I can play, mm-hmm. you know, I would right. say better than average, but it's, it's so far removed from what the women do. Yeah, it, it, and that's true. And, that, you know, as, as I was saying, you know, being at the LPJQ series this past uh, winter, you know, that was something that I noticed, the, the smoothness of these players. And, and some of them were just, I mean, obviously there were some that were, um, I won't say better than others, but were, I mean, the, the, it was almost like in slow motion. And uh, the, the young lady I was talking about earlier, I mean, I just wanted to go up and slap her one. I was like, come on, like, you, you know, you, you can't be this this good. Um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, I mean, obviously I wouldn't do that, but, you know, that's right. the kind of feeling that went over. It's like, come on, I mean, it, you're just making it look so easy. But the truth of the matter is, it really is easier uh, than what people think. I think it's, um, you said they've got very good course management. They understand their game very, very well. And these young ladies are out practicing all the time. They're working on every aspect of their game. Where the average person, including myself, even as a teaching professional, you get so busy with the day-to-day grind, we just don't have the same time. We're not able to focus as much time on our games. I'm like you. I'm a you know single digit as well. But you know we just don't get the time to get out there and play as much as these young ladies do. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your job because obviously you're on the way to an event right now and you get a chance to go to a lot of these events. Um, what yeah. is primarily, when you get to the event, what are some of the functions that you're doing while you're there? So when I get there today, uh, weather was standing. I think the weather's pretty good up in Battle Creek right now. I'll get there um, and I'll probably check in with a couple people, catch up with a couple people, make sure they're doing okay, uh, see how the break was, uh, and then I'll get some course photos. So we like to do that to kind of give people that aren't at the event an idea of what the golf course looks like this week um, or each week. And then I will also start to get practice round photos. Um, part of that is to just you know, have some content for the social media pages. And then some of that is to get content photos for the players themselves for personal use. Um, so that's a lot of what I do personally. And then mm-hmm. we have an awesome videographer. Her name is Abigail. I think uh, she would be at another time a great guest to have on the show. She, she has a college uh, golf background and but does awesome work with video. So sometimes you need an extra hand for uh, some of the videos. So I'll help with that. Um, and then uh, we have a great uh Another, she kind of does PR and other communications. Allie, she, um, we, it's kind of a group effort, but uh, she does a lot of like the outside media outreach and stuff. So I occasionally help with that, but um, like for instance, I, 
I do a lot of the uh, organizing players coming on to this show each week. Right. Well, so I kind of, uh, um, which I enjoy doing. I'm glad to uh, help out with that. And, um, and, but yeah. and we appreciate, yeah, we appreciate that very much, by the way. Uh, we love getting these, these players on the programs and hearing their perspective of, of their games and how they, they feel, um, how they're going to do in the upcoming weeks, how they feel they've done. Um, so you do a great job with that. We, we really appreciate that. So thank you for, uh, for all that you do to help us uh, uh, coordinate that because that's not always easy oh, um, given their schedules. So we appreciate that. Um, of course. So speaking of the fields, uh, and I'm talking about the players again, uh, you obviously, so far this year, I mean, we're, we're, as you said, we're about the, the midpoint uh, of the season. we got a little bit more golf yet. Um, so you had a chance to watch a lot of these players or at least find out about a lot of these players. Who stands out this year? Who really stands out? And not just, I don't mean necessarily just the, you know, the people that are currently in the top ten. I mean, obviously there's some, some great young right. guys there. But is there any, any uh, maybe a couple that really stand out? You say, hey, I think these gals, even, th- even though they may not be in the top ten, I think are going to have a great career. Uh, give us a scoop. Ah. So I think one player that does immediately comes to mind there is uh, Natalie Srinivasan. She's, uh, I don't know her exact rank at the moment. I, I think she is outside, she is outside the top 10. It might be somewhere in the twenties or even low thirties at the moment. Um, she did have to take a few weeks off with a, a wrist injury. I know having conversations with her, she hated that. Um, but I, she stands out to me, um, and early on in the, the season, I think she had a couple of top fives in the first few weeks of the season, and she can putt. Like, there's some players, <laughs> and, and her her swing is also great. So I'm not um, – uh, it's – you know, there's some players you see out there that have this, like, perfectly – perfect technically sound swing, and their scores don't necessarily, like – line up with what their swing looks like because obviously golf right. a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Natalie, she has a great swing, but it's her short game and her putting. It, it, there, was, there actually was a joke for a little while that the first, it was legitimately the first 10 times I went to go get pictures of her because she's moving up the leaderboard. She's on the green. She made nine of the 10 put, birdie putts when I showed up. So all of a sudden... <laughs> Natalie and her mom were like, Ben, you have to stay. Like, <laughs> you have to stay. You make every putt. Um, even the very first one at the first event of the year, I didn't know Natalie yet. Um, but I think she made like a 42-foot putt, birdie putt. And, of course, you know, as a wow. pro, even amateur, amateur, you occasionally, like, will make a long one. But that is commonplace. <laughs> you, and she, she makes a lot of putts. And to me, to advance in to, in the professional side of golf in general, that is the big separator. Is you have to make putts. So many people can hit a golf ball well. Uh, ball striking can be pretty solid. Driving accuracy can be good. But you have to be someone. Like you have to putt the ball well. So to me, she's someone. Like hopefully, the second half, uh, her wrist is. I think. As far as I know, she's back to 100% with her, her wrist, but she will start, like, yeah, keep an eye on her. Who else stands out to you? Is there a, another player that, um, 
that again may or may not necessarily currently be in the top ten, but um, really has a, a good solid game, uh, or maybe it's their personality. Maybe you know there's always you know there's some what I call grinders out there that just you know dial in every week and they focus on it and they're you know very quiet out there, very methodical. And then there's others that just you know you're it's like a Freddie Couples version that you know they're out there they're looking around and. You know, they're just, is there anyone like that that you've noticed on tour that still has a great game but just has a very laid-back, relaxed approach? Any Anybody like that on tour this year? Laid-back, relaxed approach. Probably uh, not. <laughs> I mean, they're competing for a lot, so. No, there there definitely is somebody. Like, I, I'm trying to think because uh, at first I was thinking about um, – well, if you don't mind, real quick, I do have to give Lucy Lee a shout-out. Um, mm-hmm. She's number one, so I wasn't going to say her. But she's clear, the clear-cut number one. I think essentially she's wrapped up her card at this point uh, for next season, right. LPJ Tour card. But mm-hmm. to see her make the leap from – there's been a lot of it. She's only 19 still. <laughs> but been in the spotlight since she, age wow. 11 when she played the U.S. Women's Open, um, the youngest mm-hmm. ever still to this day. Uh, she had a lot of expectations on her, and now she's won two of her last three starts. So she's kind of she's definitely figured it out. Um, so I got to give her a lot of, and her game is unreal. It, it's definitely like she's ready for the next level. But uh, I think a guest that was on last week with you, Amelia Garvey, she mm-hmm. loved watching her play because. She does. I wouldn't necessarily say she's the you know all the way laid back person, <laughs> um, but she I think with just a few more little like lessons. It's just you learn as you play. Um, she had a very outstanding amateur career and playing at USC. Um, right. She has a ton of talent. She can hit it super far. Like she, I remember the first time I saw her hit driver this year. Cause I knew who she was, but I hadn't seen her play. And the first time I saw her hit driver, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like it's different. She gets a lot of of height on her drive, where a mm-hmm. lot of times um, to get distance, you're hitting a little lower. A lot of players don't have that high, high ball flight. It's a little lower get, to get run out. And she creates a lot of club head speed, hits it very far, and which can sometimes get her into trouble, I think, um, when it's not straight. <laughs> but right. she's – it is there. Like, she just has a few more things, I think, maybe technically get straightened out, but she's learning. And I really think, you, like, she's another one to keep an eye on because I I, I wouldn't say Maria Fossey, but – but in the sense, like, Maria Fossey, her, her ceiling is so high to me because of how far she hits it. There are things that she can do with the golf ball that 95% of the other women can't do. But, obviously, there's more to the game of golf than just hitting it far. So, you you know, finding that balance and then figuring out how to capitalize on that strength and then turning some of these weaknesses into strength so that, everything comes together into lower scores and better finishes. You know, it's amazing. We, we've talked a number of times with, with these players, and it, it amazes us really, especially when you look at um, the size of some of these players. I mean, a lot of them are very petite, um, um, 
and yet they can carry the ball a great distance. You know, Cindy and I have, have literally just our chin has hit the floor when some of these young ladies talk about their driving distance. Um, you know, we've had a few that, you know, their, their carry was like 285 yards. And it's like, right. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, most average, you know, the average male golfer, uh, you know, and I'm, of course, talking, I'm not talking professional level, but high handicap golfers, you know, uh, 15, 20, 25 handicap are not hitting it anywhere near that. Um, even if it's straight, no. they're not hitting it. Um, you know, so it, it's just amazing. Again, and, and when you watch them, they're not, you know, uh, with maybe a few exceptions, they're not just, you know, like a John Daly gripping it and ripping it. They're just got a nice, smooth swing, but they know how to make that solid ball contact, and that's really all it takes, and that's something that stymies most of the amateur golfers out there. They can't figure out, well, you know, they're barely swinging at it. How can they hit it so far? Well, it's because, they, they as you pointed out, their tempo and their timing is is so sound uh, that they're able to right. do it. And, and they they know what their misses are going to be. They know when they miss the ball what what the tendency is going to be. And um, it's so far and few between that um, they know how to recover very well, which is something obviously many amateurs don't. Um, I want to, as we get ready to, to wrap up, and I appreciate you spending some extra time with me. Uh, I know it's uh, helping me here, but it's also uh, killing some time for you driving. Uh, but um, yeah, I wanted to great. ask you, I, I talked to you um, on the phone once before uh, about this, and you had actually done a podcast as well called Pitching In, uh, Pitching It with Ben, um, where you interviewed yes. a number of successful female golfers. And actually, one of the golfers that you did, uh, particularly I recognize very well, Kathy Kim was one of the earlier ones that you did. Uh, she's mm. both a PGA and LPGA professional. Um, she's also uh, a tip uh, provider for Golf Tips Magazine, which I own. And um, oh. she's a great... Yeah, great young lady, and uh, really enjoy um, having her contribute to the magazine. Um, is now I know you're not doing it right now because you're busy with this, and uh, I think the last ones you did were uh, earlier this year. Uh, is that going to be resurrected? Is that something moving forward uh, that you think you might uh, want to do more of, or was this just something that you want to do for a little while just to kind of get your you dip your toe in the sand, as it were? What, what's the future of pitching it with Ben? The the future that is tough. It's tough to tell. Um, with my with my role with Epson Tour, I'm I'm not 100. Well, first of all, the time constraints. It's I it can get tricky. Um, and I'm learning how to do. Like the reason the the podcast format was interest like very intriguing to me was that there's you don't have to put a time limit on it. So it's mm-hmm. you're doing a live radio spot. It's usually like it could be. I've done like three minute ones before. It's like we have three minutes to talk. Okay. And, but on the podcast, you can really dive into some things, but understanding right. that's something I've still learning is the, um, there's the shorter, there's different like styles of interviews. So it's like if I'm going to do a 20 minute podcast episode, there's a different approach to that than the one where I'm like, it ends when it ends. <laughs> so, right. Um, so I, I, to answer your question, actually, is uh, I would love to get back to it. Um, to me, like that's something that I feel, thanks to my years of being out in the professional women's golf world, is that I've built a lot of great relationships. So a lot of the people that I've asked to join me, like I already knew them very well, and when you know right. someone well, then it's, it's usually a little easier to say 
yes to coming, like, doing the show because sure. they know the person, opposed to, like, complete stranger, you don't know what it is. Um, or even, you know, I've been able to, like, I didn't know Kathy, uh, Kathy Kim a great deal. Uh, we'd had some conversations through social media before because she's also done some help with womensgolf.com. Um, yes. And just, she is a, she's a great person and a great resource, by the way, to anyone that wants to, like, learn golf. <laughs> she's great. Um, but I didn't, I knew her well enough to like, I asked her and she agreed to do it. Like she knew me enough like who I was to say yes. So I wanted to find a, a way to kind of, I'll take advantage of the right word, but, uh, utilize those relationships to tell stories and get, uh, these elevate the women in another way, which I, I enjoy listening to podcasts and interviews. So, um, Obviously, I'm not the best at being interview interviewer, but I think I'm progressively getting better. So I just uh, I hope I hope I get a chance to bring it back. Well, I think it's good, and, and uh, that's a great point you raise. You know, it, it's like anything. I mean, when I first started uh, doing them as well, you know, um, I can remember my very first uh, golf talk live show that I did. You know, ten years ago, my opening. Uh, uh, intro involved uh, an ACDC track. You know, you didn't know really where you were going to go, and and uh, um, you know, but it it it, uh, it obviously evolved, thank God, uh, over years. But um, you know, you don't really know. It was kind of testing water. But I I had done traditional radio uh, a number of years ago um, when I lived back up in Toronto, uh, Canada, which is where I'm originally from, and you know, so I had a little bit of a taste of that. But you're right, there's a lot of flexibility. Um, and, and it's all very interesting, and, and um, you know, I too have developed, um, as you are doing now, some great relationships. So it makes it very easy. And you know, doing this show particularly um, with Cindy makes it uh, great as well because she is a great resource, uh, bringing a lot of uh, key individuals, both from the business side of golf and also players. I mean, we've interviewed uh, some of the Hall of Famers, a number of the Hall of our very first guest on the Women of Golf was Kathy Whitworth, which is, I know, a little before your time, but, you know, she's a legend in women's golf. Um, yes. And a Hall, Hall of Famer, and we've interviewed several, uh, you know, top-ranking, um, uh, you know, senior women's uh, golfers who've been around for years. So it, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's great to have those connections to be able to do that. But it, it'll be interesting. I, I hope that you at some point uh, pick that back up. I think, you know, it, sound, it seemed I did listen to a couple. I haven't listened to them all, but I had listened to a couple, and I think you do a great job. And, and obviously you have, you have to have fun with whatever you're doing. Um, and I think when you do that and it's, you keep it kind of lighthearted and, and uh, you know, don't try to go for those gotcha interviews where you put people on the spot and oh. make them feel uncomfortable, um, I think it, it, it serves you well. Yeah. So. Uh, it'd be interesting to do that, and and obviously you know Epson has really breathed some uh, great life into this tour. I mean they've done a lot of great things. Uh, kudos to to the Epson people uh, for doing what they're doing, um, not just uh, being the title sponsor for the tour, uh, but in you know increasing the purses and also lowering uh, the entry fees for a lot of these girls. They're really helping them out because it, it's a struggle. As you know, it's a struggle for these players out there week in, week out, particularly in women's golf because they don't have the same exposure uh, as the men do yet. Uh, we're, we're working, uh, you and I and others, to, to uh, change that. Uh, and Epson's doing their part, and they're doing a big part, and uh, they've made a, a strong commitment. And I'm excited to see where it goes over the next several years with them 
Um, and I think they've got uh, a lot of great uh, thought behind this, and, and obviously it's new for them too, so they're excited to, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, adapt the cha challenges of, of women's golf and, and try to uh, perpetuate it, uh, while at the same time, obviously, uh, they're going to benefit uh, just from the exposure, but uh, I think they've done a great job thus far, and, and I've had the pleasure of working with a few of their uh, uh, team, and uh, they're a great group of people. In fact, they're going to be featured uh, in um, the upcoming issue, the September-October issue of Golf Tips magazine. They're on the cover, and uh, the present CEO, uh, Keith Kratzberg, is uh, included an article uh, in there. The cover article uh, is going to be featured in this issue as well. So, um, great organization, awesome. and I think they've done a yeah, I think they've done a great uh, a great job in, in really stepping up and, and becoming the principal sponsor here for the tour. And I'm excited to see where things go. And, and I'm excited that uh, you were able to join me. I was glad to have you on. You've, as I said, you've done a great job in, in helping line up the players. Uh, keep up that aspect. We're always excited to do that. And uh, we'll have you back on as we get a little closer, um, you know, towards the end of the season to sort of wrap up. And, and uh, you can give us an overview of uh, some of the events and, and things like that. We'll get into a little bit more of the actual events themselves. But... Um, but, Ben, I know you, you, you've got uh, a job to do today, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing some time with me uh, here on the Women of Golf. Ted, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. You're, you're great, and I look forward to having Cindy on the show next time, too, and uh, yep. chatting I'll with make her sure as well. But, <laughs> thank you, Ted. Well, good stuff. Well, continue to drive safe and uh, get to, to your destination uh, uh, safe and sound, and uh we look forward to having a great young lady uh, next week, hopefully maybe the winner from uh, this week's event on uh, the Women of Golf next week. But uh, be safe, my friend, and thank you for joining me this morning on the Women of Golf. Thanks so much. Have a great day and great week. All right. Thank you. All right. That was Ben Harpering, uh, the Epson Tour Communications Specialist, joining me this morning on the Women of Golf. And uh, always excited to hear about what's happening with the Epson Tour uh, and uh, he's been working with them uh, this season and obviously has been around uh, for the last few years, been around uh, women's golf and is enjoying uh, helping to elevate it as well from his perspective. So we're glad to hear some of his uh, views and, and some of his uh, uh, perspective to the game as well. Uh, as I mentioned, Cindy will be back next week. Uh, she was wrapping things up um, and uh, probably traveling back from this past weekend's uh, senior uh, women's LPGA Championship, which of course took place at the Salina Country Club in Salina, Kansas. Uh, we'll find out how she did and, uh, and more and uh, have another great guest join us on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week right here on the Women of Golf Show. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.